Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the third Sunday of End Times, Saints Triumphant Sunday. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 550, Behold a Host Arrayed in White. Scorning 
Alleluia. The saints in heaven are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. Alleluia. Alleluia. from Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. Jesus' parable of the ten virgins, a parable which encourages us to be ready for when the last day does come. Jesus said, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, Open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Let's sing our next hymn, hymn number 206. Wake, awake, for night is flying. Oh, 
blessed one, Christ Jesus, God's own Son. Hail, Hosanna, the joyful call we answer all and follow to the wedding hall. Now let all the hymns adore you. Let saints and angels sing before you with harp and symbols clearest tone of one pearl each shining portal where dwelling with the choir immortal we gather round your radiant throne no Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today is our Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 52 verses 1 to 6, where Isaiah was inspired to write, Awake, awake, O Zion, clothe yourselves with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, O Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned, O Jerusalem. Free yourselves from the chains on your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For this is what the Lord says, you were sold for nothing and without money you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first my people went down to Egypt to live, Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now, what do I have here, declares the Lord? For my people have been taken away for nothing. And those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. And all day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow triumphant saints, Years ago, there was a comedian, his name was Jerry, Jerry Clower. He told a story about Uncle Versey Ledbetter. Uncle Versey had a mule whose name was Della, and it was his best mule, and one day what happened is that his best mule, Della, was walking around and somehow or other ended up falling into a cistern on his property, a cistern which Uncle 
verse he thought he had covered up, but he hadn't. And he was faced with a dilemma because there's his best mule down in this cistern, and he had no way to get that mule up. And he was thinking about the circumstances and he didn't want to just let that mule remain in the cistern to starve to death. He didn't want that to happen. And so what he decided that he would do, he, he knew it was cruel. He didn't really want to do it, but he figured what he needed to do is put the mule to death down there in the cistern. Be merciful to it, I guess. But the way he figured he could do that is by throwing dirt down on the mule and covering it up. Now, what he was thinking about doing was, well, obviously something that seemed cruel. But then what happened was this. He took some dirt and threw it into the cistern. And there's Della down there at the bottom of the of the cistern, shaking off the dirt from her shoulders and stomping on the dirt. And well, then Uncle Versi threw more dirt and kept throwing more dirt. And as the dirt came down, Della would shake it off and stomp on it. And after a good bit of time of this going on, fairly deep cistern, Finally, what happened is that Della was able to climb up on the dirt that had been piled in there and was able to jump out of the cistern and be free. In a sense, we could say as we think of this picture, we're kind of like that mule and, well, maybe in more ways than one, but we're kind of like that mule Either our problems in life, like that dirt, will bury us if we try to handle them on our own, or with God's help, what we can do is keep trampling on the trials and troubles and the problems of this life until we rise above them. For Della, the dirt that Uncle Percy threw down could have been a real problem and could have been her demise. Or it could be something for which the donkey could be thankful. The Apostle Paul, he says, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. We can moan and groan about our life, about the problems, about the aches and pains, about the things that seemingly go wrong in this life, we can moan about those things or, or what we could do is as the prophet Isaiah encourages us, we can wake up and see the blessings that God keeps showering down upon us and be so thankful for the outpouring of his blessings which even, even ultimately come in the trials and troubles that we face in this life. So today, Isaiah is saying 
to you, to me. Wake up, open your eyes. Instead of moaning and groaning, we can clothe ourselves with strength and garments of splendor. And we can do that knowing that we need never fear the enemies of God. And we can one day rule as kings at God's side. The prophet Isaiah, he served the southern kingdom of Judah when the Assyrian armies carried off the northern tribes of Israel and, and then not only scattered the northern tribes, but also threatened the southern kingdom of Judah as well. This was a tough time for Isaiah because, well, even though Judah, the southern kingdom, and Israel, the northern kingdom, had parted ways, it was tough for him to see the demise of half of what had been the children of Israel, or more than half of what had been the children of Israel. It was tough for him to see Israel's fall because the Lord had also revealed to Isaiah that Judah would also fall because of the idolatry and the rejection of God that Judah was involved in worshiping idols instead of the true God. Judah would be carried off into this 70-year Babylonian captivity, which, well, that captivity... What it symbolizes is the captivity of God's people to sin and, and all the forces of evil. This reading, significant reading for us to have on Saints Triumphant Sunday, because what it does is it reminds us that Judah's release from that 70-year captivity is a picture of the church's release, believers' release on the last day from living in this sinful world. But it also reminds us that as believers in Christ, we already, even now, as we still live in this sinful world, we've been freed from the captivity of sin, death, and Satan. We have been freed from that. Through faith in Christ, right now, we are already saints triumphant, we're on the winning side. Since the Holy Spirit has made us believers, we're on God's winning side even right now. The, the fight still goes on. The struggles are still there. So what Isaiah is doing here is he's encouraging us to wake up and, and open our eyes. We have not been defeated. We need to remember that. We're going maybe tough, but we have not been defeated. Through Christ, even now, we are saints triumphant. Isaiah said, Awake, awake, O Zion. The call to wake up here doesn't mean that God is speaking only to unbelievers. He is speaking to unbelievers too, of course, but rather he's first speaking to this small group of believers to Zion, to Jerusalem or Jerusalem, those who were living in their exile in Babylon. 
those people who were living in exile like that, they'd given up all hope. They were in the sleep of grief, is what we could say. And we could compare their sleep to the sleep of the disciples on Monday, Thursday evening. Remember when Jesus was praying and, and Jesus ended up saying to them, couldn't you watch with me for just one hour? With all that was happening at that particular time, just before Jesus' crucifixion, those disciples, they were definitely physically and they were also and maybe especially spiritually exhausted. And what can happen to us as believing children of God living in the sinful world in which we live, we can become overwhelmed by the stresses, the pressures, and the problems that we face in this world so that, so that we're, well, spiritually exhausted, maybe physically exhausted as well, and we may feel as if we just simply can't go on. So Isaiah said, Awake, awake, clothe yourselves with strength, put on your garments of splendor. God wanted them to open their eyes and see what God had done for them. There was really no reason for them to be despairing when they remembered God's great power. Well, what God had done years before, he had freed them from their slavery in Egypt, and you know the great showing of power that he used to free them. Well, they could remember God's power. They could remember how God freed them from other enemies in the desert and how he had provided for all of their needs. They could especially think about God's promise of the Savior. See, now, he was their real strength and their garments of splendor, as it's pictured here, with Jesus, instead of being clothed with their, with their sins, they were covered with Christ's blood and righteousness. They were holy and perfect in God's sight and ready for heaven. And now that's also true for you and for me as well. Count on it. When he says, when Isaiah says, the uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again, he's saying that unbelievers and even Satan himself can't really hurt or harm those who trust in the Lord. Isaiah said, Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned, O Jerusalem. Free yourselves from the chains on your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Instead of being spiritually exhausted or bogged down, Isaiah is encouraging us to be filled with joy in the Lord. But believers do get bogged down in this life. Oh, we can get bogged down by grief at the death of a loved one. We can get bogged down by trying or difficult circumstances, by aches and pains. We could be spiritually nodding off or sleepy if some sinful pleasure is getting between us and God, tearing us away from God, or 
if worldly things would be keeping us away from, from God and his word, then we need to hear Isaiah saying to us, wake up, open your eyes. Wake up, open your eyes. We need to hear God's word and receive the sacrament regularly, often, faithfully, and be built up and strengthened. We need that. Otherwise, we're going to be bogged down. Then the dirt that's getting piled into the cistern over us will smother us and, and extinguish us. We need God's strength and we need his garments of splendor. Isaiah wrote, For this is what the Lord says, You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. With this verse, what God is doing is he's, he's showing contempt for the Babylonians who had taken the people of Judah, the Jews captive. They didn't have to pay God anything when they defeated Jerusalem, when they stormed Jerusalem. God gave Jerusalem, God gave his people over into the hands of the Babylonians because God had to punish his rebellious people. The Babylonians, they were merely God's agents who were carrying out God's discipline on his people. Since the Babylonians paid God nothing for the Jews, for the people of Judah, well, God could take them back without paying Babylon anything at all. And this underlines the, the sovereignty of God, reminds us that only God, not the Babylonians, only God was in control of his people. The Lord said, at first my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now, what do I have here? The Egyptians and the Assyrians, they oppressed God's people. And well, then when God said, what, now what do I have here? He's talking about the Babylonians, another nation oppressing God's people. And it's kind of God speaking derogatorily of them, saying, okay, Egyptians, Assyrians, now what? Another little problem? Another little problem? Well, see now, God was like the father who has to deal with a neighborhood bully causing grief to his child, to his son, making it hard for him to exist. Father had warned the bully to leave his son alone, but then one day he finds the bully picking on his son and he says, now what do we have here? What do I have here? The question here is not just a request for information. Well, God knows all, of course, but this was a serious threat and, well, the bully, the bully knows his time's up when the dad comes after him. So it was for the Babylonians, the Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. He had seen what they were doing to his people, and it was his time to act. He said, For my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock. 
and all day long my name is constantly blasphemed. What God saw him disgusted him, as he's saying. He used the Babylonians to bring about needed discipline, but they went too far. They went too far. They didn't stop oppressing the people and they were mocking and blaspheming God. So not only would God end up delivering his people, what he'd also do is seek vengeance on the Babylonians for their oppression of his people. There is a tremendous amount of comfort for us in this reading here, a tremendous amount of comfort for all believers. The church has always been opposed by God's enemies. In Isaiah's day and before, well, it was the Egyptians and the Assyrians and the Babylonians. They were the bullies that caused God's people all kinds of grief. And go back to the beginning of time. Satan oppressed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and led them into sin. And then what God did is God confronted Satan and said, now what do I have here? And then he promised the Savior to defeat that bully. Satan was defeated, but he still tries to bully us through his temptations and through life's trials and troubles and heartaches. And, and he's going to keep on doing that. And those trials and troubles and heartaches and temptations, they could lead us to spiritual exhaustion. So God says to us, wake up, open your eyes, and know that God remains in control. God remains in control. We have a Savior, and therefore we have a way to eternal joy, eternal happiness. But don't ever forget the great blessings that we have right now. We have a Savior. We have the forgiveness of sins. We have God's promise that he's always going to be with us, that he's never going to forsake us. We have his promise that he's going to work through all of the events of our lives to serve our eternal good. Don't ever forget that as the believing children of God right now, we're in the best situation we could possibly be in in this life. God says, Therefore my people will know my name. Therefore in that day they will know that it is I who have foretold it. Yes, it is I. When Israel saw the fulfillment of God's promise when they were delivered from their exile in Babylon, well, then they would know that the Lord is the true God. Only the true God could foretell a miraculous deliverance like this and be able to carry it out. And the same will be true of us and all believers when one day we stand in heaven, then we'll see the true God whom we worship now by faith, but then we'll 
rule as kings at God's side. That's what he says here. We'll see that we haven't put our hope in the wrong place. We're on the right side. God has taken us on to the right side. He's delivered us from Satan and sin and death and hell forever. We live in a sin-troubled world. Sin's effects on our world, well, they're going to continue to get worse and worse. So we may at times feel like uncle versus donkey mule down at the bottom of the cistern there with all of life's trials and troubles and temptations being hurled at us like the dirt from Uncle Versi was being hurled down there into the cistern. And now we could let life's trials and troubles bear it. That's something we could do. Or we can listen to the encouragement in our reading. Wake up, open your eyes. With God's help, with God's help, because he's already won the victory for us, what we can do is we can stomp down those trials and troubles and temptations like the dirt that Della stomped down in that cistern, and we can rise above life's trials and troubles through Christ. We're saints triumphant now in this life and forever in heaven. So even in the midst of life's trials and troubles, let's wake up and open our eyes and see the blessings, the great things God is doing for us and keep on saying, thank you God for making us saints triumphant now and forever. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead 
and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God and Savior, you have set the final day and hour when we shall be delivered from this world of sin and death. Keep us ever watchful for the coming of your Son, that we may sit with him and all your holy ones at the marriage feast in heaven. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, in your wisdom, your providence, what you did this past Wednesday is you took our brother Stan Krozik home to heaven to be with you. We're so thankful, Lord God, for the grace and mercy you showed to him during his earthly show, sojourn, calling him to faith, making him one of your believing children. Please comfort his loved ones with the hope that only believers can have, and that is the hope of a blessed reunion in heaven. Please keep on working on Stan's loved ones' hearts so that they would know the grace and love that, that Stan also knew. And we keep on praying for all those in our congregation dealing with aches and pains and trials and troubles. And Lord God, please give all of us your help and your strength. Close us, clothe us with that garment of, of splendor that you can give your blood and righteousness which makes us holy and perfect in your sight and, and gives us the strength to stomp on life's trials and troubles and, and to rise up above of them. And that strength, of course, is ours only in Jesus. Keep on giving us your strength. And we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains, to the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. joining me for worship today. Several announcements to share with you. I told you Stan Krozik was called home to heaven. There will be a visitation for him this afternoon, Sunday afternoon from 2 to 4 at Skinner Funeral Home and 
And on Monday at 11 a.m., his funeral will be also at Skinner Funeral Home. Wednesday is Thanksgiving Eve, so we'll have our Thanksgiving Eve communion service that day. Thursday, of course, Thanksgiving Day, but Thursday evening at 6.30, we have our Thanksgiving Eve service. Hope you can join us for that. Thursday, Thanksgiving Day is also Ron Kennedy's birthday and Forrest and Karen Ripley's anniversary. We are looking to gather things for the CCAG food drive here in Eaton Rapids. There's information on that in the church. If you're listening to the video and would like to contribute toward that, please let me know. We'll get you information on that. We're also collecting for the Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary food drive for the married students at the seminary. And we're, oh, be, we could gather food items for them, but if somebody wants to contribute to that, the easier way to do that is with a, with a donation, a monetary donation or a check. So please consider doing that. If you want more details on that, please get in touch with me. Those are the announcements I have for right now. Again, thank you for joining me for worship. The Lord bless and keep you always.